The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Dude, it's a beautiful day. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. How do we start this? Okay, we're in Hollister. Yes. Right? We're in Hollister. We're in Hollister. Hollister, California. Yeah. You probably don't know where Hollister is. The yeah. only reason I know where Hollister is is because my brother rode motocross and he would take his vehicles to the, what do they call it? It's, well, they have Hollister Hills. There used to be one out in South County, but it got shut down because it was too far in case someone got hurt. So they built Hollister Hills as like the uh, the main place to go for dirt like bikers. The, you can get rowdy. Yes. Bring your truck and get rowdy. Every day someone gets hurt out there. So, yeah. Every day someone Every goes day. hard. Every day someone goes hard, yeah. <laughs> so, chilling with Evan Morris. Hello, guys. Calavera coffee. Calavera coffee. Calavera means? Calavera in Spanish means skull. So, we base our whole business model around kind of starting from scratch or bare bones. So, we, Ryan actually, my brother who works at Vertigo, was the one that came up with the idea. And I just kind of stuck with it. And yeah. We're a bare bones business model. We started from the bottom it's it's vibey if you see some of the stuff which if you're listening to this i feel like people will be somewhat familiar with you yeah um quick like rewind history lesson from like our end of things yeah so we've known each other a long time through the coffee community and then got a lot closer when cat and cloud first started roasting we were in roasting in santa barbara at the french press but then you were working at Vertigo, which you worked at for a long time, yep. and Dimitri and the crew over there, you guys basically welcomed us into your house. So when we started, we were roasting yeah. our coffee at where you worked. Yeah, totally. In San Juan Batista, which is just like, what, 10 minutes from here? Yeah, about it's about a 15-minute t- drive. 15-minute drive. Yeah, so it takes no time at all. But we drive everywhere around here, so that's like part of the culture here. It's, there's no transit. Your car's your transit. That's and it's like pretty around. chill. Like there's not a... Um, it seems like a straight shot from here to there. Yeah, you go around maybe like one country road to get out there, or you can just take the the main street and go all the way out there. And it's yeah, it's like a fifteen minute drive. So that was super awesome and like really helpful for getting us going. Yeah, so thank totally. you. I, I want to yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> you know acknowledge that for everybody to hear. Yeah, that it takes it takes friends. But yeah, let's do like the full blown rewind. All right. So if you if people follow you. Yeah. They've probably seen your latte art. They've probably yeah. seen Calavera now. Yeah. But when did you first, like, what was your first coffee experience to where you knew that coffee might be a thing for you? Um, well, I started working at Starbucks in 2009. So I've been doing coffee for about nine years now. But when I actually realized that coffee was cool was when <laughs> Dimitri, what I thought was cool was when Dimitri was here at the farmer's market in Hollister. And he had just started roasting at his property and he was doing just like 
small batches and he and Dimitri was, owns Vertigo. Dimitri is the owner of Vertigo. Yeah, he and Kitty own Vertigo. And he was down there, and he had a bandana on. He had a full beard. And I was like, this Turkish guy is doing coffee with, like, a wheel grinder. And Ryan went out there all the time and bought coffee from him. And my brother was at UC Santa Cruz at the time, so he was familiar with specialty coffee because you guys and Verve and everything. Right. Ryan is your brother. Ryan's my I'm older brother. I'm just connecting the pieces oh, for, yeah. the, for the people out there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I started working at Vertigo a year after I was at Starbucks. And when I finally got into coffee... I had remembered two years prior to working at Vertigo in 2008 going into this place in Capitola called Verve, and you guys were working there, yep. you and Jared and Stacy. Oh, yeah. It must have been right around there, or it must have been 2009, but I remember going out there, and you guys were just, like, really hyped, and I was like, this is weird. This I don't know why these guys are so excited about, like, working. I just didn't expect it, because every coffee shop I went to was kind of lame, and then when I went to Verve, you guys were really cool. You were like asking me. You were like, "Hey, how's it going?" And Jared was pulling shots with Stacy, and Stacy was uh, really frustrated. He like poured a macchiato and then like dumped it in the sink. Was like <laughs> bent out of shape. And I was like, "Oh, it's okay. You could have served me." And he was just like, "No." And Stacy <laughs> caught Coke. Cook, cook, cook. Depending cook. on who you ask, cook. Okay, he'll well, say cook. Okay, spelling is up for grabs. Yeah, but de- <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's one of the most passionate people I've ever met. In the like when you say like he threw the macchiato in the oh, sink, yeah. that's like not surprising. Oh yeah, at all. definitely one of the most passionate people I've ever seen behind a bar. Yeah. And like really competitive with himself. It yeah, was awesome. he gets into it. But yeah, you guys definitely showed me that. And then just working with Dimitri and Dimitri being from Russia originally, coming out here, working at a burger place when he was like nineteen, learning English in Texas, and then coming out to California, opening up a specialty coffee shop. That's what pioneered it all for me, is just working for him and watching you guys. And he's still crushing. So, Dimitri, when he opened the coffee shop, because he still drives a bus route. Definitely. He right? works full-time. In San Jose? Yeah. Or? Dimitri drives for VTA full-time. And right now, he's putting in, like, 50 hours a week. So, Dimitri, owning a cafe, also works full-time. And not too many people know Dimitri, because he's really humble, and he never like gets out there. And he's just really super behind the scenes, kind of secretive but at the same time like one of the hardest working people he's I mad know. undercover mad undercover i met him at a barista jam like years and years ago yeah. through the barefoot crew like, yeah back in the day yeah but yeah i i didn't even i don't think at the time i knew that he even owned a coffee place yeah you know he was just like low profile he super slides under the radar like when we went to the throwdown he was there at the cat and cloud and you guys had the fundraiser throwdown for me uh in 2017 so last year he was there, and then he just kind of, like, hid out. But he's super tall, so when people see him, they're like, who is this guy? And he's a he, big dude, yeah. He's super tall, yeah. And he's just like, I was like, oh, Dimitri over here. And I, like, shouted him out, and he was just over there like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> don't do not do that. And I was like, no, man. But, yeah, definitely inspiration from coffee was – it took a couple years because I didn't really appreciate it right away. But Dimitri working hard for him and getting Vertigo really going and then having people like you to look up to and my brother it was – pretty much what did it when you worked at starbucks dude yeah. why did you work there was it just you needed a job or yeah so i i had played basketball originally in high school and um i planned on playing basketball full-time and that was gonna be my gig you're gonna I be wanted, in the nba i wanted to play college ball at least and i Ooh. just had a falling out with my coach there and so sophomore year i didn't have anything to do after school and i was like i need to find a job so i used to go bug the manager down there and everyone that worked there was really cool it was like the only coffee shop in town so when i went down there Took her about a year and a half, but I finally bugged her enough no to way. hire me. Yeah. Was that your first job ever? First job ever, yeah. I applied at Payless, Rite Aid, Staples. No one hired me. And really? Yeah. That's so deep. Yeah. It's so hard to get a job with your first job. I, yeah, you almost need a connection. It's like a weird process to 
like put in resumes and put in yeah. interviews. I, I remember that and I don't like it that much. Yeah, it's hard because you either have to know somebody who works there or you have to like know the manager or have some sort of connection to it because people just kind of like look at you as like, oh, you're young. I don't really care. And this is in Hollister. This you is in grew Hollister. Up here. Yeah, I grew up here. This is my hometown. Yeah. So you're just like, I need a, I need a job. Like, need a hook job. Hook me up. And you knew you like put in enough time. Yeah. Bugging the people at Starbucks. Yeah, I got, like, I got right. enough coconut cream frappuccinos at the age of 11 and 12 and 13 to go in there and know I wanted to work there. I feel like that's how you get a job at the skate shop too, because you're just like that. You're like that Grom kid who's kind yeah. of annoying at first. Oh, like, yeah. oh geez, here's fucking Baca. He's yeah. coming in. He's like wants <laughs> to look at a thousand boards. And then you get to a certain level. You're like. All right, man. Yeah. Come on. You want to hop on and, and sell some boards and talk to people about trucks and, you know, yeah. Swiss, what are they, Bone Swiss? Swiss yeah. Swiss bone bones, Swiss, dude. Bone that's Swiss. like the OG bearing. Those like, are the cruisers. That's like the, you want to spend 60 bucks on bearings? Yeah. Sure. Those are what took me into numerous, like, prune pits on the road or, or, or plum pits and just. Oh, yeah. Hit, hit one of those. Like and when the things drop off the trees, <laughs> yeah. like, dude, it's yeah. deadly. My neighbor had a tree like that, and that's where I, that's how I pretty much, like, broke my wrist. So, so what did, like, what did you do at Starbucks at first? Like, I'm um, so curious about that experience because I never worked for a big box coffee yeah. store. I actually, I learned a lot. Um, working for Starbucks taught me how to really like open up to customers and get to know people. And I, I actually, from going to Starbucks to Vertigo, um, I had a lot of customers follow me over there because I had a really good relationship with them. But working for Starbucks was crazy, man. You, you, you work in this coffee company. And when I worked there from 2009 to 2010, it shifted completely. And then I worked at Vertigo and then I worked back at Starbucks again, but Working for a big box company like that, or I guess a big store, uh, you definitely learn customer service. You don't really learn a whole lot about coffee, but you definitely learn how to get through the ringer with people and working fast and working hard and cleaning and really staying on top of tasks. You learn a lot of stuff. Did you learn stuff about like code and Mm-hmm. Like when I look at Starbucks now, I see they have all their health stuff really, really Quaza. dialed in. Yeah. It's just like in the zone. Yeah. And we had, yeah, we had people that would come in and they would check everything. We had our manager, actually our district manager, uh, she would come in with a Starbucks card and she'd go through the table where all the cracks and crevices were and she'd run it through there. And if any crumbs came out, she would walk over and be like, what is this? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm not the manager. I'm 17. Oh, so she just secret shop and just like, oh zip yeah. It. We okay. knew who she was after a while, but she'd come in with a credit card and just right through the cracks and be like there's muffin crumbs in here and like i don't know anything about it yeah and so yeah we we got quasa was constantly in there doing like checks and we we had to really deep clean everything and we were the ones that were deep cleaning the store and when we weren't working we were cleaning floor drains and scrubbing stuff out with bleach and you know we had problems like mice and rats we had to keep that under wraps oh yeah we had a really gnarly situation with rats one time it was bad deep yeah it was terrible i had the great i don't want to say who it is yeah because it was <laughs> not here, but when I worked at Verve, we had a wholesale account, and it was uh, it was it was a restaurant. I'll yeah. just, that's all I'll say. Okay. But we had a little training area set up in there, and I yeah. went to go do a training, and the training was in the back. You like walk through the kitchen, yeah. and then you go into this other room that's kind of like behind the kitchen. It's okay. almost like a prep area. Yeah. But it was like a little GS3 there, and right. I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Get in the room. And I noticed there's like little, like those mouse traps everywhere, the little sticky ones. Yes. And I fucking looked over in the corner oh, and there no. was a mouse 
stuck to the trap, Freaking still out. alive. Like you see, like breathing uh, and like wiggling, and I was, I was just like, "Oh my god!" It was gnarly. Yeah, we had a rat we called Paul Wall. He'd <laughs> sit in the back. He had big teeth. <laughs> he had and a so grill. Sit, yeah. yeah, yeah. He sat back with big teeth, and he kind of looked like the, you know, it was Paul Wall baby. And he had the the teeth He's hanging the out. Champ, dude. Yeah, dude. He would sit back there and watch us, and he grew and grew. And we watched him grow into like a really big. We couldn't capture him. We had a guy come in there with traps. The traps would be flipped over. He'd be gone. He'd sit back and watch us do dishes. And one day, he ran out in the front, and I had this woman who I worked with. I won't say any names, but she had a broom, and she was trying to get him into the corner and pit him, and he started, like, like freaking out. And we were like, okay, we got him. Like, pit maneuver. Like, the cops just spin him out. He was under the, the refrigerator, and he ran out into the lobby, and oh, she God. hit him with a broom. And everyone was freaking out. Like, men were, like, on top of the table freaking out, and people were, like, oh, scattering. Imagine? And this guy just was like, I don't know how he did it, but he just put his foot out and just, boom. Oh, no. Stomped it. Ew. And everyone was like, oh, my God. And That's kind of fucking gross. Yeah, and so <laughs> it was the day, It was actually the day before, like, Quaza was going to come in, and so we finally Wait, got Wait, what is Quaza? You keep saying, is that an acronym? Um, yeah, it's Quaza. It's Q-A-S-A. It's the quality assurance. Um, it's basically people that come in, and they make okay. sure that everything's up to code, and they check Everything in the store. And you have boxes on the ground. You got to put them up, and you make sure everything's clean before. Is that they a health in. department thing, or is that an internal Starbucks thing? It's an internal Starbucks company that they basically maintain all of the Starbucks stores, and they go in, they do checks, and if they find anything wrong, you're like in big trouble. Oh, okay, but they they're tight on like their rules. They everything is super super specific. So it's like a third party that they hire mm-hmm. to make sure that they never have to go to bat basically with the health department exactly. so that everything's always like clean for them pretty much yeah and, yeah and it's really intense because like you learn early on like dude you got to get this stuff cleaned up like everything has to be cleaned out floor drains cleaned out every day mats scrubbed and raw- washed every day like every other day and just everything has to be cleaned out all the stuff that regular cafes like never do yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah or don't I'm, do as much as they should yeah oh totally yeah and it's it gets it gets bad sometimes and you're just like oh man this hasn't been cleaned out for weeks but with that, actually, it kept us in check. So, how did you end up getting like hooked up with Dimitri and having him bring you on as an employee? Um, Ryan was actually the one working there. He was their first employee, and so when he started oh, really? working there, yeah. So Ryan was like, "You want to come work over here, and we can maybe learn some little things from you, and you can learn about this." And I was like, yeah, "I'll give it a shot." It was a much slower pace back then, and you know, I worked with like Alex Rivera, who was you know at Verve, right? So I had a really cool crew there. But yeah, we we basically just linked up and Ryan was like you can work here for a while and then I went back to school because I had graduated from high school and at this point I went to college and Vertigo was only open till like four every day and the hours were really limited and they were only open certain days of the week so I had to go back to Starbucks and do the 4 a.m. to 12 a.m. shift and then Chinese restaurant at night. Oh so you were doing multiple things. Yeah so I went back to Starbucks and then in 2012 I went back to Vertigo and I stayed there ever since so yeah but basically Ryan was the one that got me interested in working there and in coffee. And then with your exposure, like you said, you used to come down, mm-hmm. come down to Santa Cruz, yeah, check the vibes. How Absolutely. did that affect like your day to day life? Because it sounds like you were just kind of casually like flirting with coffee. You're yeah. like, coffee's cool. I like being in the coffee shop. Yeah. And then I think honestly, like going to Santa Cruz was like a breath of fresh air because you know, growing up in this town, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So when you would go over there, you thought everything was cooler, everyone was cooler. And I just really took from, like, how you guys were, like, operating over there. I always thought, like, there's no there's no reason why we can't do something just as cool, just as fun, like, with our own thing. And that's I took it and ran with it because I really wanted to make sure that people who came into Vertigo were just, like, getting the best experience they could. 
And so I emulated a lot of what people in Santa Cruz were doing. And like I said, especially you guys over there were just always on the money. And I was like, we got to be like, we got to do it like that, but like in our own way right. for our own customers. You know, we're not going to be Verve, but it was always a really cool thing to go see. And just like, it kind of like always refreshed my mind. Like, oh, we're, we're in a really cool industry and we have awesome people in it. So that was fun. And this was 2012. You got locked into Vertigo for like, in, I'm, yeah. I'm back here full time. Yeah. Back here going to school part time. I ended, I ended up go, dropping out of school. Uh, I was going to get my history degree and Welcome wanted to, to become club, a teacher. Bro. <laughs> Me and you right here. That's what was crazy. Is I was listening to you guys' podcast when you guys were getting ready to do Cat and Cloud, and you were like, so a little backstory. I was going to get my bachelor's. I was one semester away from graduating, and I dropped out. History major, too. Yeah, history major. Wanted to be a teacher in high school. Wanted to help all the kids. That, you know, like a lot of my friends ended up getting in trouble, and I wanted to steer kids away from that. And I wanted to teach, but I'm teaching now coffee and, and all the things like that. It's more fun. So Yeah. Yeah. You have much more flexibility where you're at now absolutely i don't think i could have dealt with the school system yeah it, you know what i mean mm -hmm. i just i don't know part of it's teaching and then part of it's being able to be creative and that yeah. part I, I i talk to i know a lot of people that are teachers yeah like jenny's families that got a bunch of teachers in it and i'm just uh yeah it seems as frustrating as it is rewarding oh completely and the thing that turned me away from it was i just I, as i got older from like you change from age 17 to 21 and then from 21 to 25 once you get to like 26 27 you're a completely different person than when you first set out to do something in school especially if it's taking you a while to get through so i realized i can't deal with teenagers yeah i can't deal with that i can't the the egos and, and my own ego and just being like uh, dude having to deal with myself exactly would be a nightmare yeah exactly i couldn't do it i envisioned like myself as a 16 year old in school and i was like do i really want to teach me do, do i really want to do that Props to everybody who does, because yeah. I was the worst. And Cynthia, my girlfriend, is just starting out as a sub in an elementary school, and she's doing it, like, for real now. And she's like, it's very daunting at first, even with seven-year-olds. I can imagine. And being a sub is like this other thing, too, because oh. you don't have that respect of being there every day. And no. People are, at least when I was in school, it's yeah. like, subs here? Cool. Yeah. We can just run circles around you. Yeah. You're like, exactly. And so that's, that's something I didn't want to do. And, and, and being a business owner was something I always wanted to do. But when I started to really get into coffee, I just love people. I love talking to people. I, I like making people feel good when they come in. And when I know that people are like really excited to come into my shop, that's partly because I got a really good crew and we're able to get people in a good mood before they go to work. Did you so, know that like, like back in 2012 when you're like, cool, I'm here at Vertigo got that ironed out did you know that you wanted to have your own shop back then or was this an evolution yeah it kind of evolved over time I really thought from the beginning like I want to own something but I was like I don't know if I want to do a coffee shop but when I actually started realizing what I really love doing I was like I've been in this industry for four years now and as time went on it was like five six seven eight years and I'm like this is what I do this is who I am. People now kind of recognize me as like, oh, you're the guy that works at Vertigo. You're this guy. You're that guy. I was like, yeah, I kind of want to still be that guy. I want to be able to, to, you know, provide that for everybody. And, and now that it's my own thing, people have been responding really well to it. So it's, it's awesome. Did you ever think of other things that you might want to open? Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to like dip into different industries. I love coffee and I love this, but there, people are in everything. So I'm more drawn to like the people and the people in certain industries. So if I, you know, I always love to do like, I always thought it'd be fun to work with somebody who has like, a, you know, like they're a barber and do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bar like, cause I cut my own hair. 
Not right now. Do you really? I trim up my own hair. I give my friends fades here Your and here. Your hair is so long as shit right now. My hair is down the middle of my back, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's so impressive. Troy Palomalu Jr. over here. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I love, like, the barbering. Anything that has to do with people supporting somebody for a service they provide, it just gets me, like, super stoked. It's like these experient, experiential yeah. service industries. Yeah, totally. Where there's the product that you're trying to sell and yeah. or get whether it's a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or a haircut but the way you choose who you interact with in those industries yeah. is a little bit to do with the product and a lot to do with the experience that people uh, have with uh, you yeah absolutely it's the people that are providing you that service because you can go in somewhere and get coffee and you can be in san francisco and you can go in there and people aren't as friendly as like you go into another shop where someone's like hey how you doing it's like oh man like, it's all about who you're seeing when you go in there. And the coffee can taste exactly the same yeah. or, like, be the exact same quality. Yeah, we're and getting to that point now where coffee shops are putting out very similar products. And it just kind of, to me, matters if I go into, like, a shop and someone's just kind of like, oh, I'll be with you in a second. As opposed to someone being like, hey, how are you? That, that, that right there picks me up to being like, oh, they're excited that I'm here. And it's not really a selfish thing, but it's, like, an industry thing. Like, you treat people well. It's and you, an industry thing. Yeah. It's like... I mean, it's kind of a selfish thing in a weird, or for me anyway, because yeah. I'm always trying to make the place that I would want to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My, mom just, like, my mom's poking her oh, head mom's out the out back there? there. My mom's here, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, she checks up on me once in a while, make sure I'm doing okay. What a good mom. She's awesome. Good moms do that mom. kind of thing. My yeah. mom was texting me this morning. Really? Oh, yeah. Kathy, right? Yeah. My mom's name is Kathy, too. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy. Kathy, double Kathy. Because I told her I watched, she told me she just watched the Mr. Rogers documentary, which I was watching oh, like a couple weeks ago. people have been talking about that. It's big time, dude. Oh, yeah. People have been real. I, I'm too young for Mr. Rogers. I'm more of like a Blue's Clues, Steve okay. era, but Mr. Rogers is uh, definitely inspirational in the really, really, apparently a really like uh, deep level that people don't even really get. Yeah. They didn't even catch it's the worth references. It's a watch. It's just for, it's almost like even if you didn't have that experience when you were a kid just yeah. seeing how we weave some of the cultural references in there was like pretty cool inspiration for me yeah exactly so yeah i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy how people they perceive mr rogers as oh he's kind of a weirdo or he's this or that and it's actually like no he's actually just teaching really cool like you, you even talked about on your podcast yeah. he's teaching lessons that people weren't even aware of i get why people say that because it yeah. almost seems like one of those things is too good to be true exactly. or it's like you have someone who you're like, is he really a good mentor or is he just like a creepy older guy that yeah. like, wants to be around kids in a, in a sketchy way? And it kind of sucks that people's minds would go straight to there. Yeah. But I, I totally get it. But from all accounts, it's like yeah. he was who he said he was. Yeah, and exactly. There's nothing nothing and, weird about it. And he's like one of those guys that I think maybe had a really positive message and he's just kind of like, I don't care what anyone thinks. Someday people are going to get it or they're not. I just want to be a good guy. Yeah. My mom's over here. Come on up here, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom. Mom, come on. Come here. We were just talking about you. Yeah. He has a mom named Kathy, too. I have a mom named Kathy, too. Hi, I'm Chris. I haven't actually met you. Yeah. It's good to meet you. Your son's amazing. Oh. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> See that? You know why? She's mad because I She's mad because I put underwear on the dog last night when I wasn't supposed to. Apparently, she had an accident because she was confused because she's old. Oh, okay. So she's probably upset with me about that. Yeah. Pink? Yeah. Pink's not bad. No. Nah. She's just getting old. My cat had a thing like that, where it had some it had some issues. Yeah, and we had to we had to do something similar. Yeah, she's carpet bombing literally. Yeah, so. it was really sorry. Uh, my mom's grossed out. Mom's she's out. Like, yeah. mom's, mom's like, I'm out. done. See ya. <laughs> Bye, mom. Bye. What'd you get? Nice co- to meet you. Did you get coffee? Oh, okay. 
got Cat oh, and Cloud. She cup. Cat and I have cloud. to get my mom. Actually, I have to get my wife coffee. She just texted me, says, bring coffee home. For whatever reason, it's so hard to bring coffee home. It is. I just blow it all yeah. the time. That's why we set up the little subscription so people can. You can just, it's yeah. such a good idea. It is. We do it just for our customers who come in here because they can walk in and get a free drink. And We keep talking about good. doing like a wine club. That would be tight. Thing. Yeah. It's on the list of shit to do Variety pack. whenever we get our shit together. You guys always got your shit together. It's just all that. The list of stuff you want to do always seems to be longer than the list of things that you can do. Yeah, totally. Because it's bandwidth, man. Bandwidth is a real is a real struggle, when, especially when like I'm doing it right now solo. So I'm trying to do all these different things, and it's hard. Dude, you told me yeah. before you opened, yeah. you told me this at the throwdown that was at Vertigo. Yeah. You saved up an ungodly amount of your own <laughs> personal money over yeah. how long? Four years. And I, how much was it? $36,000. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, that was, blew my mind. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I, I broke my wrist in 2014 playing pickup with some kids that didn't know how to play. and Broke my wrist and had a savings going. And then after that, I just was like, I'm buckling down. So I, I saved about every paycheck I put. Uh, half of my paycheck in savings, and then I put all my tips in savings, and I would just have enough money to take my girlfriend out to dinner, and once in a while get some albums, and keep up with Netflix and insurance and stuff. So did is that I did it at home too? So that helped. What did you just have the? What was the foresight like in that? Because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, damn, I wished I would have done something like that because yeah. that would have helped out a lot. Yeah, but most I. When I was that age, I just never, I just never thought about it. Yeah, well, it, it was, it was definitely something I had to really think about because I was like, this is something you have to commit or, or not, and that's kind of like going into the whole mindset of being a business owner. You're either on or you're not. You see a lot of people that want to open a business, but they don't actually put that step forward to do it. They kind of talk about it and they walk around it. But I was like, no, I wanted people to know I'm serious. So I was like, I'm gonna save up my own money because. I, that was the only feasible way to do it. I couldn't get a small business loan or anything like that. My parents helped me out a little bit, but they helped me more in the long run. But I was just like, I got to make sure that people know I'm serious and save up as much money as I possibly can. So that was hard. The but. thing that's impressive about that is that it's, it'd be easy to do something like that for six months. Yeah. Or buckle down, like, oh, cool, I'm going to save my money. But you're doing yeah. this for years. Four years, yeah. Because I, I know because 2014, when I came out of my wrist being in a cast, it was like December of 2014. I was like, okay, big Christmas this year. After that, it's buckle down time. So I guess it was more like three years, but it, now it's come out to four years because we finally got open this year. So it was, and then, you know, the GoFundMe was a big part of additional funds on top of that. So yeah, so you saved thirty six. Yeah. And then what did you raise in the GoFundMe? The GoFundMe I got about sixty seven hundred, including cash donations that were not I mean Yeah, like, sixty seven hundred uh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sixty seven hundred total. So yeah. And then what was the process like in terms of opening this place? So you've been working at Vertigo yeah. for a good number of years now. Yeah. You're established over there. And then I think from the day we started talking, you were always looking for a place. Always, yeah. I, I was originally going with the business model, like going brick and mortar, dig up the floor, put in some floor drains. But, you know, Capsule began to develop their product. And Yulia, who owns One Out, shout out to Yulia. That's my girl up there in Mountain View. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. She's crushing it, dude. Um, Michael Foy, who's on yeah. staff mm -hmm. over at 
Cat and Cloud with yeah. us is doing some logo work for her too. That's He's awesome. doing some art for her. Yeah, she's she's the one that got the capsule and told me like, hey, you know, you can get this capsule. It's kind of pricey, but you know, it works out really well. And I looked into it and I was like, I got the money to spend on this. So, yeah, I, I basically just kind of thought I need a different business model because I'm not having any luck in Hollister. So my whole idea was like, can I make something that can work on its own and put it into a space? that has a commissary and I had to follow all these guidelines and kind of work around being a, an actual cafe, but being more of a mobile food facility inside of a building that we can still operate as a cafe. And that's kind of how we did it was like, okay, we have a capsule, which is our basically everything. We just need to be able to put it in a space and make it work. And that's it. And that's what we did. And it so was a lot cheaper for the for the homies that don't know yeah. I'll, I'll put a link in the description of totally. to, to the capsule absolutely it, it's cool but it's like it's not really a cart but it yeah. it looks like a real counter and yeah. then you pop it's on casters yeah. but then you pop open the back end and totally. you just showed me so you got like a water pump water yeah. reservoir like tank yeah. another like the main water tank that you fill up and yeah. then the secondary tank is it's just the like waste a tank yeah waste tank catches all the all the gross stuff and you got espresso machine pump and then a whole electrical bank it's that you can panel. plug everything into it's yeah it's got its own yeah, panel electrical so panel its own water uh, basically has a water pressurized system in there to, to maintain uh, flow so that way it you, you basically it's everything built by engineers and these guys from capsule are incredible put out amazing products super quick turnaround for what you know they're doing and the amount of work and so yeah we're super happy with it so capsule manufacturing everybody and yours is like creamy white on the bottom yeah. and the counter looks like this bronzy like yeah. brassish burnished brass burnished 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 brass some burnished brass and you just pl you just plug that shit in 220 and, 220. and you're good to go yeah and i had my electrician hook it up and he just was like oh we could just run this here and and we'll run it off 220, and my espresso machine's a MP Linnea 2 group, so it runs off 208, which is, for anybody who doesn't know, you basically need, like, a, uh, two, like, 60-amp breakers, so 120, I guess. Right. 120-amp breaker. So we have a electrical panel inside that maintains basically all that, and, it, and if there's something that goes over, it shuts it off. It doesn't blow out your circuits or anything, so it's it's really, it's really awesome. It's got to auto-protect. So auto you're running... Yeah. You're running the machine. The machine. Two grinders. Yeah, a uh, rober and a little mazer. Rober and like a little like uh, super jolly thing. Super jolly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The super jolly, yeah. the OG grinder. The jolly grinder in the bottom. <laughs> super jolly. The backside. Man, yeah. I bought a super jolly off eBay back in the day. Oh, yeah, 1100 first bucks. grinder. Yeah, yeah, it was like one of the, um, I think I got it for cheaper. It was when like First Line yeah. basically bought all of the old Starbucks equipment when oh, they were switching over yeah. from Mazer and La Marzocco yeah. to like the Super Autos. So yeah. for a while, there was like a ton of stuff out there for pretty cheap. That's how Dimitri got that four group Linnea. Yeah, you buy the big boys big, for like big boy. It was a huge machine and it weighed so much. We had to move that for the throwdown that one year. I almost awful. bought one of those because I was ridiculous. They're awesome. But I was just like, oh, I bought Super Jolly and then I bought a Major later. And yeah. I was like, oh, dude. And I was like, I'm going to buy a machine yeah. because I had, I was living in Modesto still yeah. and the cafe that I worked at had a couple espresso machines and then we yeah. ended up getting rid of one and I was like, dude, could I borrow that? And we just moved yeah. into a new house. Yeah. So before we had a washer dryer, I had like a Ranchilio <laughs> two group hooked up, plugged into the 220 that the dryer yeah. is supposed to be hooked into. Yeah. And we were making coffee oh, in this little ass awesome. room. And then we got a washer dryer and my roommates were like, you got to get rid of that shit. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I, I know how that goes. We originally had a GB5 in my garage that and I sold to John Stoff at Ascendo. Shout, Shout out to John Stoff. It's in his awesome. Los Osos location. And it's like, 
seafoam green, but we tried to open a business prior, got a GB5, didn't work out, but we were making coffee in the garage for all the neighbors on like an old cart. That's, it was, it it's was cool. so funny. It is. I, that was back when I had those crazy dreams to where it's like, dude, it's easy. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even worked at Ritual yet. I just worked at little cafes. I was like, I'm totally going to open my own cafe. Dude, like, you just get a machine. And I'm you, like, yeah. <laughs> all I need is espresso machine and grinders, and yeah. that's it, dude. dude like, you don't have to do any. I know how to make cappuccino things like, or anything. You just, yeah. I, I remember like way back in the day, I had made this like, like a spreadsheet. I don't even think it was a spreadsheet. It was probably yeah. like a Word doc to where I was like, I had everything lined out. I was just yeah. like, this many cups, like yeah. three hundred dollars. Like, yeah. like this was Eight like my, a cup. Yeah, and I had everything. I was like, I'm pretty sure I can start a business for like yeah. twenty five thousand bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, I, I could get like part of the money for my mom, and maybe mm. just get like a personal bank loan. And yeah, it's all wishful thinking. I'll be like, I could do it. I could yeah. do it. It's gonna work. But that, that's that's what gets you in that mentality. And then once you start figuring out, like like Chuck, dude, Chuck was the guy who sat me down. And was like, okay, this is how much stuff costs. And I was just like, okay. And then sitting down with my friend Jared Gallagher, who's a Michelin star chef up at Shea TJ. You, I think you've oh, met Jared yeah. before. No, yeah. we met him. Uh huh. Jared sat me down and was like, okay, here's the deal. He's just real. Like, he's raw and like, I've owned this, I've owned that, I own, I've owned this, I know what I'm doing. And he doesn't tell you in like a way that's like condescending. He's like, I'm trying to get you ready for the real deal. Right. And he sat me down and talked to me, and, and he's absolutely like, he and Charles, in terms of setting me up and getting me ready to go, those two guys, I will never have enough thank yous for them because they really, Helped me out so much. Yeah, man. I'm right yeah. there with you. I mean, Charles is definitely the unsung hero oh, of completely. Cat and Cloud. The it's sweetest. like we wouldn't even exist without him. Oh. And it's just people see Jared and myself because we're more visible in the oh, industry. Yeah. But he's he's as big a part of it, if not more. Charles but, is <laughs> the sweetest, nicest, most helpful guy. And he's going to sit there and go, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yes, you yeah, are. No, he really is. Yes, you are. You're, you're worth more than you will ever know, my friend. It's funny to see him be like tough in our meetings because yeah. he, he, you know, he's got that like serious business vibe to him yeah. when he needs to, but he just cares about people so much that it's just he does. Like cutting through everything. He, he cared enough to help me out, and he didn't even really know me that well. He just cared enough to like say, "You obviously want to do something, and I want to help you out." And he knew just, enough about you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you can tell, or I think you can tell, yeah. people who are talking about stuff yeah. and people that are actually going to do shit i appreciate that and yeah. i i knew when i met you i was like this guy's gonna do shit yeah i don't know what it is yeah but there's a there's just a different level i appreciate that i like being taken seriously i'm a goofy guy anyone that knows me but i yeah, like I, I like being like i like when people say that because it makes it reassures me that like okay people do take you seriously no yeah you you can tell because i'm a goofball but so you'd like what was the biggest challenge like you took the money mm-hmm. you got the capsule yeah you couldn't find a standalone no not at all and it's you're just out there with yeah. this stuff. Dude, I'm out there with a capsule in my garage like, okay, uh, got to put this somewhere. <laughs> and I ran across, you know, this this business that was fairly new and, and Marcy, the owner, who's was really helpful in getting us started. And we're, we're here now at the garden shop, 364 7th Street, but we're going to be moving in about a week over to Farmhouse Cafe, which is a cafe just across the street on San Benito for anyone who doesn't know. San Benito is the main street in downtown Hollister, but... They work with the CSA, and we're going to be doing food and coffee, and they're going to be doing their own menu, and it's going to be like a it's a full kitchen. It's like it's like a real nice brand new cafe that we're they closed down for a bit, and we're going to be part of their reopening process. Oh, nice! Yeah, so, so they closed right now. They're closed right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, to restructure and and kind of streamline their food and how they were approaching it, and we're going to help them out with that. So 
Are you going to take the capsule over there? Oh, yeah. We're going to unlock the wheels, unplug it, and roll it across roll it the, street, the street. Wear some construction vests. Make oh. sure we don't get blasted by a semi on the way over. So. Please film that. Oh, we will. We're going to yeah. do a live feed. Like, okay, here we are. And we're like, oh, IG no. live, dude. God. <laughs> Gone. Do, no, your, do yourself not. a favor and follow yeah. Calavera Coffee on Instagram. Follow see us everything. To see every move we make. <laughs> All the ridiculous stuff. Yeah. How did it go? So you found the garden shop yeah. and are able yeah. to kind of, I, it's not really a, I say pop-up, but it's yeah. more than a pop-up. It's, Definitely. It's, it's more permanent than it a pop-up. It feels more permanent for sure. It looks more permanent. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. And then, but that's one thing, but then now you have this transition from you're a person who has a capsule yeah. in the garage to yeah. you have two employees. Got employees. Yeah. I got what? my, my two, my two kiddos. What was that? What was that like? Oh, it was weird. Having employees was is weird because you always think like I'm gonna hire this person. I got all this, this, that, and you have like these super, like weird expectations. But as time went on, I was just like, I just need to hire people that are friendly, have a, a real good passion behind like what they want to do. Like not not just in coffee, but like Tabby's our artist. She does all of our. Dude, she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. Her art is amazing. She does awesome stuff, and she gets it. And she's friendly, and she's got a really good personality and she loves talking to people and jonathan who's my other employee he is really talented with food and and just cooking and he's got a great way about him he's really structured and organized the way he works he gets it i could see him locking down a kitchen oh i only met him a couple oh, times but he's worked for maraud in san francisco okay so, so he's been in the he's been in the michelin he's got a star game oh yeah he's yeah. worked he's worked in co- uh, food and now he's working in coffee but having employees was weird it was definitely like I needed people that I could work with, and I, I did the whole thing. I've learned from certain people, like, a oh, really weird thing is I interviewed them at, a, like, a lunch date. I sat down and ate with them, so that way, if, like, if I can eat with you, I can work in a tiny space with you. Right. And that's kind of where I based it off of was, like, what are their goals? What do they want to do? It doesn't even matter about coffee for me. It's more like, who are you? What are you doing? That's what Ben Hameen said when we were in Honduras. Yeah. He's just like, if I don't want to have dinner with you, I don't want to do business with you. Yeah. In terms of even just like buying and selling coffee. Yeah, because it's it, you're most of the time when you're working in a coffee shop with somebody, you know, you're working, but you're hanging out. So you got to be able to like, I hate using the word, but like you get a vibe, but right. you do have to vibe. I hate that word. Dude, but, I feel the same way. If someone has a better replacement for vibe, yeah, please send it our way. Yeah, send it. Just you either tag, tag both of us, <laughs> tag one of us, and let us know. Like, are you vibing? What I, I what I like saying is like, um, uh, like I, I hate the word coexisting, but I, like you have to be able to like, you know what? No, Venom's coming out October fifth. Venom Dude, is coming symbiotic. Out. Shout out to Eddie Brock. Dude, Eddie Brock. <laughs> Shout out to the symbiotic suit. <laughs> yeah, so it has to be like a symbiotic relationship. You have to live with each other. You're kind of like in each other's space all day, and you have to be able to understand like. I want my employees to grow with our company. I want to offer them opportunities like you guys. I took a lot of what you guys are doing for your people over there, and I want to offer the same stuff. So I had to let them know early on, like, if you're going to grow with us, we're going to be doing some stuff, and we want you to be able to do that with us. We want people for the long haul, but we also want people to grow with us and be able to move on when they feel like they're ready to move on. What was the craziest part about hiring people? Oh, man. Was it, it, well... I'm just going to leave that one open-ended, actually. Let it float out there uh, with you. I think it's honestly getting applications from people and actually reading through like what people say in their application, how much they leave out, how much they include. And I think it's funny because some people did their homework and they would say everything that I had said in like our our like uh, blogs that we would do, which I haven't been keeping up with. But people were like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And they would like copy and paste what we mm-hmm. had. And I was like, that's cool. But uh, the, the craziest thing about hiring people is like you're responsible for them. 
you are, you, you got to be, when you're the number two or number three in a cafe, you have someone to lean on. Like, okay, what do we do now? But when you're the number one person, like you got to be, you're it. They, they look to you for the answers. So you got to be ready to take on the responsibility of like having people that you need to look out for. And they have your back just as much, but you're the person that they go to when they have a problem or when you're not sure, you got to be sure for them. But you can also, if you can find people to lean on, to like have them reassure you like, yeah, everything's going to be cool. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's great. But it's weird having the number one role. That's a very lonely feeling at times. Do you have a support system outside of the coffee shop? Like Absolutely. People, yeah. My girlfriend, um, she's definitely my, my main support system. She's always listening, always ready to hear what I have to say, always supportive, always doing everything that I don't do for myself. And she talks me up so much that I feel like, man, okay, I'm not, I'm not that cool. Like, chill out. And she's like, no, like... I'm not saying that because I have to. I'm saying that because I love you. I'm like, okay, cool. Like my mom, my dad, Ryan, my brother, Ryan's always there. Ryan's always the one that kind of put me in check. Like, yeah, that's not going to work or this is going to be cool. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But it's, yeah, I got a good support system, family. I got a tight circle of people. Obviously, you guys, I got you guys to lean on. Um, if I have questions and concerns, John Stoff has been huge helping me out, talking with me. Such a good dude. Oh, he's the best. Such a good-hearted man. He came I, all the way from San Just so everybody knows, John Stoff owns Ascendo Coffee, which used to be Bayo Mundo in Slow. Uh, he came all the way up to San Francisco from Slow with his two employees and came all the way down through Hollister out of the way to come to our shop on a Saturday, and we were closed. Oh, no. And he hits me up with a picture, and he's like, where are you? Look what you made me do. And he's got some like weird little coffee cup in front of him. I'm like, oh, no. So I was like, where are you? He told me. I drove down here. We hung out for a day before they had to head up. But like, people like that are really good people to have in your support system because they care. He really cares. He really cares. I wish I could say that I'm surprised at that story, but it's actually <laughs> not surprising at all. Yeah, because he knowing like... Knowing that dude. Yeah, he just bends over backwards. So he told me, if you ever need help and you want to put some countertops in, I'll come up there for a day. I'll stay with, I'll stay up there and I can help you out. And I'm just like, oh, dude, you're really the best. <laughs> that dude gets his shit cracking. My friend Janine, if oh. you give a girl a saw, so yeah. her wood shop is next door yeah. to his roastery. Oh. They're neighbors. They're shop neighbors. So that's kind of how they know each other. Then, that's how they know each other. Because she did the bar for his Los Osos store. Yeah. And then he's always doing some crazy woodwork yeah. in his shop, too. Yeah. But yeah, they're She's like, awesome. Dude, she's like right saucy. Each other. Oh, yeah, she's savage, she's super. Dude. She's super saucy. <laughs> if you follow her, like, human Instagram, yeah, not her yeah. business <laughs> Instagram, it's <laughs> out of control. Dude. I was looking at some things. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Like the, the okay. kid in the stroller one. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, dude. I was just like, oh, dude. Sure. Her other one was the cat. Like, oh, yeah. Himself. I was like, oh, my God. If you all haven't seen this, you don't even need to see no, it. No, you, you just picture it. You don't even want to hear no. about it. I screenshotted no. some of those. But yeah, she comes up oh, and yeah. stays with us. And it's, She's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. When I finally met her in person, I was like, you're literally like so cool. She's dead on. She it's, is dead on to like how I saw her. I imagined her. I was like, she's like this like. Just little, I don't know. She's she's tight. She's killing it, too. I, I have so many people around me lately that are just, like, doing stuff. And it, it yeah. feels it feels super good. Yeah. And the inspiration comes from all angles. Even, like, so David, who's inside. Oh, David yeah. and Tori do Super Wow, who did the Big wraps time. on our machines downtown. Yeah. And now are putting yeah. stuff on your machine he's and your capsule. Right and, like, he's got the, like... That guy's insane. Apparently, he was eating in Santa Cruz at the same time as me before he even met me. 
and like knew it was me, and I didn't know it was him. Then told me today. Shit. Chris is like, he actually ate next to you <laughs> at Kaito in Capitola. Didn't want to say anything. And didn't want to say anything, and I was like, what? And but they're yeah. in this stage to where they're just. I don't know. There's it's so much. It just feels like there's a lot of possibility. There's a lot of energy. They're really focused on doing things right, and it's yeah. cool to be in, around people like that. Absolutely, especially in different industries. I never imagined I would have a like a squad of people that are like owning businesses and doing stuff. And it always seemed like, Oh, that's shit that old people do. Yeah. Or people that are on like a different level than me. Yeah. Even like for me, like working at farmhouse and we're not working with farmhouse to get this thing open and understanding that they work with a CSA, which if, if anyone knows what that is, it's, um, community supported agriculture. So they use products and Hollister's got a bunch of farms. We've got swank farms. We've got Coke farms. We got earthbound, even just understanding the level of like care that it takes to have a farm and produce food. <laughs> it's such a weird thought, but like you never think about how important it is to have farms close to you, especially where we live. We have a ton, but like appreciation for like people around me that are farmers. When I was a little kid, I wouldn't think twice. Like, oh, cool. We have a farm. You grow corn. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Now I'm just like, do you grow corn? No, it was super boring back in the day. You got a corn maze? You're just like, that's nuts. Yeah. I know that Companion, the bake shop that we use, they get some of their uh, stuff from Coke Farms. Yeah. Like some of their, the wheat or the flour. I don't know how yeah, bread yeah. works. Wheat, yeah. No, they, they get, <laughs> I was just talking to the, yeah. the owner of Coke Farms, his, his, um, his son. Uh, I know, well, Lola in San Juan, Sarah Morris, who owns Lola, her husband, Ollie, he's the one that's really involved with Coke Farms. I think his stepdad, I don't want to get that wrong, but I think his stepdad is the owner of Coke Farms. Yeah. He was telling me like, dude, we push out so much flour and wheat to companion. And I was just like, man, he was telling me like, he's like tonnage, tonnage, <laughs> getting that tonnage. Yeah, it wasn't even like a couple pounds here. It wasn't even like retail or wholesale coffee. Like, Oh, we're doing 20 pounds this week. It's like tonnage, tonnage. How many tons did you ship truck this loads? Week? You're like, Hmm, yeah. that's a different, that's yeah. a different level. Yeah. Like it's insane, but they do a lot of, a lot of stuff out through that farm and, and just like swank farms and Hollister Coke farms. We have Jurovich in town that does cherries. We've got BNR apricots. We've got people that are doing just so much stuff in our area. And it's really weird, like you said, to have a squad of people who are like in their forties and you're just like, dude, I roll with this ag group. This is my this is, <laughs> this my, is my crew. Team yeah, right this here. is my team right here, dude. Tomatoes, corn, cherries, apricots, kale. We got it all out here. I love it. And it's it's just awesome to work with people that are actually like doing really cool stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. What yeah. is so you're gonna move, mm-hmm. do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. What's next, do you think? Well, we want to be in this spot and see how it goes, and hopefully we can make this a more permanent thing. And then we want to open up uh, a different shop or get get maybe even if the capsule's working out that way, repeat that model. And I, I'm aiming for, like, Salinas and Watsonville. Okay. I want to open up something. Like, in my town, everyone's always going everywhere to, to do something else. And Salinas and Watsonville are very similar communities to Hollister. Um, I'm really close with, like, my community, but I also understand that Salinas and Watsonville have very similar issues that Hollister does, which is if you live in Salinas, people probably go to Monterey to do stuff. If you live in Watsonville, people are probably going to Santa Cruz or heading to Monterey. So it's kind of this underserved community where there's totally. potential there, but nothing. Yeah, and also, you know, with, with the word Calavera, which means skull, it opens up that side to, like, the Spanish-speaking community that may not be 100% comfortable with going into certain places because they feel like, oh, no one's going to speak Spanish. Like, I'm for the most part, bilingual. Um, and I want people to come in to feel comfortable asking whatever they want. It's for anybody. And I feel like Watsonville and Salinas could really, here we go, vibe <laughs> off, <laughs> off that. Really Calavera. vibe. Is, it, yeah. is there a Spanish word for vibe? 
vibe. Um, like, how would you say that in Spanish? I don't know. Like I an mean, energy or like a. I think well, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, energia okay. is energy. Um, I think that's right. Is that right? I don't know. You're the bilingual one. I'm just fake it. No, like let's say 60% bilingual. My girlfriend is a native Spanish speaker, Salvadorian. Oh, so she's 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 full in. She's got me really, really working on it, and she more than she understands. How different is that Spanish than the Mexican stuff that you hear around here most of the time? Well, being around her family and hearing the way they speak Spanish, they have different terms for things. Like in Spanish for Mexicans, mota is like marijuana. That's weed. But (laughs) in Salvadorian Spanish, mota is lint. So oh, really? When she was a little kid, she went into a store asking for a lint roller. And she goes, you know, para la mota, la mota. And the guy was like, mota. Like, what the fuck? Marijuana. And she's like, no, like lint. And then her mom told her, like, no, that's not the right word to use. That's amazing. <laughs> but it's it's definitely different. And um, it, it, they have very different cultures. But, you know, in this area, they grow up with a lot of Mexican people around them. So they're very, very comfortable and familiar with Mexican culture. But there, there's a lot of differences when you actually get down to, like, understanding, like, like how they are. And they're they're very different cultures. It's really interesting. You the wouldn't f- notice at first, but once you get to know that different, like, like Salvadorians and then Mexicans, you're like, oh, I get it. Because I grew up with a lot of Mexicans. I'm Mexican myself, so it's weird. Yeah, it's- my grandparents, they speak Spanish. We never learned. We've talked about this. Like, yeah. I never learned because it wasn't cool back no, in the day. Same here, yeah. It's just like, oh, we're an immigrant family, and, like, we, you know, we don't want to be different. So yeah. it's just, my dad was just like, cool, we're just going to put the kibosh on this, which yeah. pissed me off, but... I remember the first time I went to Colombia, which is the first like Spanish-speaking country that I've been to. Yeah, and I was just like, "This sounds way different than what uh, I hear from oh, Grandma yeah. and Grandpa." This is like, yeah, this almost. I mean, you can tell it's the same language, but like the yeah. inflection's different. And I was talking to them about it, and they were just like, "Oh, pff, Mexicans don't know how to speak Spanish." It's crazy. They, <laughs> they were like talking so much <laughs> shit. I was like, that's "Really?" Funny. Yeah, they were well, like it's all slang. It's so dirty. It's yeah, like, that's like her, like her family. Even the way like they pronounce certain words. I was just talking to my neighbor who he's from Portugal. And his dad came down. His dad's from Santa Maria, Aishores, or Aishores. And I'm like, dude, this is so similar to Spanish. And he was just like, didn't know a lick of Spanish. But he knew Portuguese, which is so similar. And it's just like, man, it's crazy. Language is weird. Language is weird. I've only really come to appreciate, like, language because, you know, Cynthia, my girlfriend, once again, mentioned her earlier. But she studied uh, language studies at UC Santa Cruz. And she told me, like, she opened me up to, like, how different all these different Spanish-speaking countries are, and I just like, and then you know, working in coffee and seeing these different coffee companies and different farms and stuff, it's like, man, this is like a whole. It's just, it's crazy. Central and South American culture is definitely one of the more interesting places because of all the differences, and everyone tends to think they're all very. It's similar. very diverse. Yeah, very diverse. But people are like, cool, south of the border. Yeah, all all the same. Yeah, and her family's from El Salvador. Her parents came here in the '80s, so it's like understanding where they come from. It's just like, it's 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 actually kind of remarkable how different yet similar you know, problems they face and everything. That's it's, one of the things that I like the most about traveling to yeah. origin, even more than the coffee. Right, just seeing all that different stuff. Yeah, and actually getting to, you know, see it and, and just not these, read about it. These little tiny things, like when we were in, oh, we were in Honduras, yeah. and I was like. We're eating, and I'm like, dude, where's the hot sauce? And they're like, what? Yeah. They're like, we don't really 
fuck with that too much. That's more like a, it's not like in Mexico. And the dude was like making fun of me. And I'm like, I'm not trying to say that. Oh, dude. I'm just used to eating hot sauce with everything. Like, where's the hot sauce? He's like, I'm in the office when Michael's sitting there and he's like, this scotch, it's like David Wallace, his boss is is from Lee Iacocca. And it's aged like this much. And Michael takes a a sip and he's like coughing. He's like, you have any Splenda? And, and everyone's like looking at it like, what the? And you're like over here like, you guys got any hot sauce? You guys got any hot sauce? <laughs> like, oh, look at this guy. Where are you from? California? Hot sauce. Hot, hot sauce, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. I got punked pretty hard. It was amazing. That's funny. I was down, though. What What advice do you have for someone who's in your shoes five years ago or someone who is just like really wants to do something more, yeah. has like a big dream? Yeah. Um I would definitely surround yourself with um, people around you who care about what you want to do. Surround yourself with people who are going to be able to tell you real things and not just be like, yes, people are the worst people to be around. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Those people are not going to be the ones that stick around for when you're having a rough time. Um, I would say for anybody who's looking to go into business, do your research, do your homework, find a Chuck or find a somebody who understands the stuff that you're not good at and that can help you. Cause there's a lot of things when going into business that you're going to find to be a real challenge and to be able to understand the things that you're not good at and not think that you know it all is one of the toughest things for people to really like come to terms with. I don't know everything and I need help and find help. And yeah, I mean, honestly, it just, Everything that you do when opening a business, you're going to run into situations that no one's going to be able to prepare you for because everything there's so many things that can go wrong or so many things that can change. But finding the right people around you, um, writing up a business plan, being prepared, doing your homework, and then honestly understanding what you're not good at and what you can get better at. So those are the things I think are the most important. That's that's super real. <laughs> I wanna I wanna end on a, a little story that. Yeah. I, You've always been such a good energy, and I I really appreciate your Thank character you. and things. And Thanks. there's this little kind of maybe dumb story that uh-huh. for me just kind of tells me everything I need to know about you. Yeah. So we were doing that throwdown to try to get you some money for your business or whatever, oh, and we made those. Man. We're designing those stickers and got those <laughs> stickers made. Yeah. And it's like the sticker with the logo, and then oh. it had your Instagram handle on it. Yeah, but it was spelled wrong. Yeah, it was like barista Ev, but yours had a I was H barista Hev. Barista Hev. Yeah, and you were like, "Oh, dude, it's spelled wrong," and I was like, "Oh, dang, yeah. snap!" And you're like, "No big deal. I just changed my <laughs> I'll just change my handle." <laughs> it's like the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, I just felt bad because Kristen made them, and I didn't want. I would much rather change my Instagram name than, you know, make her feel like, oh, God, I don't want her to feel bad about anything. It's like, dude, no big deal. Take a letter out. Who cares? I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Uh, just, <laughs> you know how people are with the Instagram. Yeah. It's like, it's something that seems like it shouldn't be a big deal. But yeah. if you change your handle, people are like oh, yeah. stressing over that shit. What happened? Why'd you They're change like, it? I don't What's know. Going it's on? like, oh, I'm going to sit there. But yeah. I just thought it was cool because she made those epic, like, skull pori. Like, yeah. I saw those posters. Oh, dude, they were awesome. So cool. And yeah, it was like, the latte art stickers. And I felt bad because I ordered something through Super Wow Factory and they thought I was reordering those. So they sent those out, like, here you go. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I wanted my logo stickers. So I made sure I was okay with her to resell them. But yeah, I, I, it's no big deal. Take the H out. Everyone's having a good day. You can't redo the stickers, but you can redo the handle. <laughs> well, dude, I, I thought yeah. that was tight. Yeah. Bro, thanks for talking to me. Dude, thank you so much for coming out here. And it was a nice day. We got to chill out in the back. Um, yeah, always great to see you. Always great to catch up and 
I still think of, every time I do something, I'm like, do you think Chris, uh, Jared would think that's okay or cool? <laughs> I always look for you guys. It's just like in my head, I'll never be able to like not do that. Well, I don't know, man. I'm glad. I appreciate uh, that. I received that. No, glad I can be are, that person. Big time energy, big time learning, all that. And glad I got to meet your mom. Oh, my mom. Yeah. She always talks about you guys. She they ride on my little. Uh, and if anybody doesn't know, if you buy Cat and Cloud coffee, you're going to get a picture on your invoice. It's the coolest thing ever. You're going to get some form of some drawing. My mom loves it. Keeps it red. She loves it. She loves it. People love it. It's they so love it. It's funny because we started doing it just because it seemed fun. Yeah. And then we had no idea if people were gonna like even care. Like, do I people even like, care? Yeah. And then people are like, "It's the best thing ever." It's expectation like, now. It's I'm like, like oh. wow. It's like a really easy way to make someone's day. So. Absolutely. Dude, yeah. let's go check out your machine. Dude, let's go see what's going on. All right, brothers. Cat and Cloud. Coffee podcast. Evan Morris, Barista Hev. Evan Morris, Barista uh, Hev. Now Barista Hev, as of a year ago. I'm signing off with uh, my friend Chris Baca here. Bye. Bye, guys. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the Brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a Brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the Brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.